For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 8.5, Consecrated Ground. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hey. Chapter 9. Dresden and Michael are called upon to go to St. Mary's of the Angels as there was an attack. They learn that a very powerful spirit attacked the church while calling for Lydia. She makes it through the night only to leave the safety of the church. Dresden and Michael go to seek out more information from a psychic. So it starts off with like a creepy ass nightmare for Dresden. <laughs> Apparently yeah. one he hasn't had in a while, but other than that, an oldie and giddy and familiar one. Um, so yeah, apparently we, this is a little bit more, um, insight into the deal he made with Leah. So is this a nightmare about his, pa- like, yeah. something that already happened in the past? Yeah. Okay. So ha- has he explicitly said yet why he's, um, this is probably a better question for you, Tanzan, because you don't have as much of the, uh, remembered knowledge to, um, has, have they explained what the deal is with Leah yet? why he okay no um so i guess i can't really say too much about it then but i think this is somewhat in reference to that because we know he's got a connection with her like whatever deal he made that he keeps breaking about going with her right so this has to do (laughs) (laughs) with my daughter being a complete and total freak (laughs) i'm I'm really yeah i'm glad you asked tanzan because i'm like wait we just met leah but maybe we haven't met leah (laughs) We did. We met her when they we met her when they went after Agatha Hagelthorn. And that I don't know what I've read and what we recorded. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) You were valuable. I never realized how much that would actually be valuable to the progression of this with you having essentially uh, a restart on it because you know exactly I'm like when did I read this when did this happen I've read so many of them so many times I'm like wait you're like that fresh slate you can kind of keep us in check sometime and be like yeah I don't know what you're talking about that didn't happen <laughs> it's so hard to keep doing that oh my god uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to read ahead so bad <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> Well, I kind of feel bad, and like, you know, up until not that long ago, I would have been like, yeah, whatever, go ahead. But now I'm realizing how actually essential that is to not, so now I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say no, you cannot. Go ahead and read ahead. We determine how many episodes we're going to, or roughly how far ahead we're going to read for the episode we're going to do, right? And sometimes we hit that, and sometimes we fall short or something like that, right? Yeah. But like, every now and again, like, I'll turn on the audiobook, and I'll just be really vibing with it. I'm like, damn, I'm like, how far in? I'm like, oh, I went four chapters too far, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happens all the time i'm like because i just turn it on when i'm at work and i'm like yeah. damn this shit's rampant oh god i must be so far ahead <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like one minute harry was like meeting lydia and the next thing like he blew up the planet like i don't know how are we there already <laughs> i think we're reading yeah we're, we're recording chapter nine and ten this episode yeah and i'm up to like 17 or 18 or something like that oh, wow. right because okay. i was just like well oh oh god oops <laughs> i'm a little far <laughs> so yeah so just now when you were like talking about leah i'm like Wait, am I ahead? I thought we did just cover that. Like, so, yeah, didn't. so we've met her, and we know they have some kind of deal that he keeps wiggling out of, but we have not wiggly, gone into wiggly. the details of why he made that bargain. We just know he made it as a minor. Let's name our episode Wiggly. <laughs> wiggly, yes. Wiggly. She's very she's got slimy ant, little bastard. She's got ants in her pants. Oh, you meant because of Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, the slimy little bastard. <laughs> I got it when you said that. The other part was just you because you keep the being son very, of a snake. You keep being very wiggly and fidgety so far. Uh, anyways, so yeah. So again, it's still a little bit cryptic. We don't know sort of the what's or the why's of this, but he is having this dream that he has had many, he's like, uh, the nightmare felt familiar, almost comfortable, though it had been years since I'd gone through it. So, recurring dream, he's had a lot, but at least recently, the the sorcerers and werewolves and stuff like that have pushed it out. It's, it's no longer his number one go-to nightmare, I guess. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's not good. He's like, he's bound. There's cauldrons. There's blood and manacles. Um, his godmother comes. And she's all creepy, like, half 
authority figure half like creepily seducing him you know like it's all sort of which again is very apropos of like fairies and their whole twisted whatever <laughs> it's like nothing's just plain and simple it's like you're my godchild, but i'm gonna like drape myself all over you and be like all uh, it's all like ah so yeah so we get some cryptic soon whispered between kisses and yeah, and he's getting sucked into the whole thing. Only a few uh, more nights of the dark moon. Yeah, and then it all changes. Um, and it goes from from just her and the bonds, and then there's, like, fire, and someone he once loved as an actual father, and screams, and sizzling, flaking bone, and all this kind of stuff. So he's like, Justin, and so it gives you a little bit of a, I don't know, Tanzan, what's your, t- again, is the sort of most raw, unspoiled version. Right. What were you able to take well, away from I, the Well, and I assumed that this was Justin that was on fire, because... He murdered him. Well, yeah. He in self defense, but Yeah, so Justin Demore, the guy that had originally adopted him and, and uh, trained him. Or did his- he? Unreliable narrate no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that plucked Harry from an orphanage and taught him how to do spells. <laughs> <laughs> Very unbiased about the Justin Dumoran angle here on this podcast. Uh, there was no trial. He hasn't been found guilty. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what I figured about that for the, for the father figure that had, had to be Justin because he's talked about that already. But. Yeah. So, but did you get anything more? Or are we just kind of like, I don't know what's happening yet with the whole like Leah first part of it? Or Yeah, I think that's what had to do with the agreement that they had but not i'm not really sure what so far okay some kind of sacrifice to to yeah dresden (laughs) on dresden's part (laughs) that had to be made yeah so yeah basically and yes especially with blood talking blood and manacles and yeah right it's just or that's a really really kinky sex scene it's well welcome to fairies it's (laughs) everything with them is always a little bit of both (laughs) we will traumatize you and scare you and be really sexy and turn you on while we're doing it so you just get really fucked up and confused <laughs> you're like, like, I'm terrified I, but I don't even mind I, pretty much <laughs> it's like I'm terrified but I really want you to so so yeah duality so. of man <laughs> singularity of man I don't know <laughs> sorry guys just kidding we love you Dresden wakes up to the sound of the pounding of the door <laughs> So he loads his 357 as he lost his 38 during full moon. I know, and yeah, he replaces it with a 357 medium barrel, and he's like, I must have been feeling insecure that day. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just had a moderate gum before, now I've got like a fucking like. Six, nine. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what the hell do you call that? I'm thinking there's like a term for when you have like a really big fucking heavy handgun. <laughs> Well hung? Not that. <laughs> uh, oh, cannon. Uh, uh, I don't think it's a hand cannon. Arm cannon? Uh, just a cannon? I don't think about guns. Yeah, obviously. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> see, we do another series uh, for, and the, the, the character carries this one Weebly, and that thing is an the actual. Webley. We, the Webley. The yeah. Webley, yes. Uh, is an actual cannon. For all those of you, please check out Necromancers, also available from Free Flow Rambling eventually <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Johan Cabal series. Yes. At the time this episode comes out, it might be out sooner than now. <laughs> it might be. I don't know when yeah. when y'all are launching the first episode of that. We haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> soon. Um, soon, we promise. Okay, sorry, but the Webley. What about he? That thing is a cannon. Oh, yeah. So that makes this thing look like a like a pellet gun. <laughs> His 357? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So not that insecure. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is 6'9". Johannes? Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, he gets up and grabs it, and Susan's kind of blinking awake, takes one look at the gun, and gets herself out of the line of fire. He's like, smart girl, that Susan. Yeah. <laughs> she's learned. She's like, yeah, she's like, because, yeah, they just, they, so basically they've woken up in, like, a pile of blankets in front of the fire in the living room. They just stayed where they fell basically um and now yeah someone's banging at the door <laughs> so it's like he goes for the gun and susan's like oh, i'm just gonna stand back over here 
<laughs> we find out that the uh, the door has been replaced with a steel door with a steel frame. Good job, excellent thinking. It's I know, a, you know, and he I love how learn. he just automatically yeah. goes on the defense, and he's like, "You're not getting in here, asshole!" I fucking that's a steel door and a steel frame. If someone's bashing on your door, yeah, you're probably not you're like the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not getting a tip if you're trying to bash down. <laughs> okay, doors. but uh, at the same time, if you ordered pizza, would you appreciate it if the pizza guy just left? You'd be like, you better pound on that damn door and wake me up because I want my damn pizza. No. Like, you're like, Harry's instantly on the defensive. Like, yeah. You met two vampires last night. Demon Toads have broken into his apartment. If someone starts bashing on my steel door, I'm absolutely yeah, going to be defensive. Yeah, and oddly enough, mm-hmm. they didn't really know. Okay, so the vampires, like, kind of semi-ambushed him outside. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, I, the vampires are trying to come in. I don't think they're going to sit there and pound on his door and wait for him to open. Like, you know what I mean? It's but just, still, all anyways, of it any was sort. fine. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. And he just came out of a he, nightmare. He's already upset. Right. There is Scared. that. It's in the middle of the night. Middle he of wasn't the expecting night. anybody. Middle of the morning. Middle, it's, yeah, really early, early morning, I guess. Yeah. It's just kind of funny, but he's like, you're not going to have much luck. And then it's like Michael. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like dressed and he's like, oh shit, yo, bro, what's up? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> we learned that there was trouble at the church that Dresden sent Lydia to. Um, something had tried to get into it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I love how he also thinks Michael's a lunatic for showing up. He's like, it's time to go to work. He's like, fucking lunatic. I'm like, I am so with you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Morning should not start before noon. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, so he's like, ugh, fine. So Susan takes herself off to the bedroom because she doesn't have to be up and out the door. Yeah. And so she let him up. She's, like, she's just like this tiny little ball under like six blankets in the bed because he's got no heat in <laughs> his hole. Mr. Curled up next I know, and then Mr. comes so and lays cute. beside her. So she's got a little bit of body warmth there. Yeah, it's I awesome. feel that hardcore. I know. Well, so does Dresden because Dresden's like, I really debated just <laughs> saying fuck it and joining her. I bet the cat like is the same body length as her when it stretches out. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's quite that long, but sure, at least torso's covered. At least, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say he's got at least all across, like yeah, yeah. her her back to butt area, kind of a thing. I'm sure he can. Did you? You never got to see my cat Bo, did you? Or did you? I no, I think Bo was the one that I only heard about the big big boy because he was not 30 pounds, but Whoa. huge, yeah. and what he would he would stretch out like that, and that yeah. was quite like, they they can stretch out quite long. To be fair, even your average house cat can take up an entire queen size bed by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> And we, true, and yeah. we also know that, that Harry's only got like a single or a double or something. He doesn't even have yeah, a queen, a queen size. size. He's yeah. got a smaller bed. I know like him if it's actually a double or if they have to squeeze on a little mm. single bed or whatever. Just like toddlers and throw them on a bed and suddenly they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Mommy, I want to sleep with you. There's no room for me in the damn bed. <laughs> we don't care. You can leave. You. I know you obviously didn't care. <laughs> Um, so Michael notices the clothing lying about and asks Dresden if he's told her he loves her yet. And the response is, got distracted. <laughs> he's like, I can see that. Do we need yes. to have a talk it's about nice premarital sex? I know, he's, he's more ribbing him a little bit. He does, he's like, do I need to give you the... But like, still, he's all apologies. I'm sorry, it's I didn't like, know anyone was here. Yeah. <laughs> he knows he's like ruining a date. <laughs> all right. How are we supposed to get married, Michael, if you're cock blocking me all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like, you're doing things out of order. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to get cock blocked now. Yeah, Mary, the, sh- the chaperone then. that keeps showing up <laughs> yeah, on a yeah, date. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> not until you're married. Not until married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, he's like, oh, did you send someone to Father Fort Hill? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, I need caffeine. <laughs> he's like, I need coffee or coke, anything as long as. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so. St. Mary, so yeah, so basically he's like, I don't know, some shit went, or Michael's like, some shit went down, Father Fordhill wants us to come check it out, don't know what's going on or whatever, right? So, um, um, so yeah, he grabs his snack and tells Michael he got distracted, didn't have to talk with Susan, and St. Mary's of the Angels is actually a real place in Chicago. Right. It exists, but Butcher has moved the location of it. Okay. I did a little research on that one. I, yeah. I've, um, for for those of you who are listening, we do have a Patreon. Um, and I do upload all my notes for, for each of the, the Patreon Specifically Tansen episodes. Specifically <laughs> <laughs> so, Jessica's on occasion mine, if and when I ever make any for that. <laughs> 
what I did is I, I put you, the description of it is, is um, I, I've got a couple of pictures here because they, they said it was uh, after St. Peter's Basilica. Yes, and I, modeled and I did after. find pictures of the actual St. Mary's of the Angels in Chicago. And mm-hmm. it really does look like it could be the same like, building just transplanted it's like and it is huge. institution <laughs> like yeah yes yeah. it does actually take up like a city block like he says so yeah so a lot of that stuff is real um you know the name of it that it exists that it's this the only thing is i do recall at some point reading that he he changed the location he stuck it i think it says here in like wicker park or something anyways why i, I don't remember the whys and wherefores of of why if it was just more convenient like to make it Michael's church because that's the neighborhood he stuck Michael in or if he's more familiar with the, like I, I I don't recall I don't remember mm. reading why he moved it from whatever it's actual or again just to keep it the fantasy and not make it too real and infringe on real things or something I don't know I have no idea but yeah but other than that, it's... But yeah, I always thought that was kind of interesting that this this huge old Catholic church right. is a real thing, and you can go find it. It's just the only the only discrepancy is that he just, for whatever his reasoning was, just put it in a different part of Chicago. Right. Um, just going back really quick for, for those of the users who are not Patreon, I will do a free sample for this episode. <laughs> just so you can get an idea of what it's like and then see pictures what we're talking about of the St. Mary's of the Angels. Extras? Yeah, cool. So go look. Go look, yeah. And then be wowed and sign up for Patreon. Which is, uh, I think, patreon.com slash free flow rambling. Mm-hmm. By the time it's on Patreon, maybe mom will have remembered the reason for it. Maybe. Maybe I'll we'll find. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't recall if it said there was a reason or just that. But anyways... If we can find that, we will certainly add it to it. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, so that's cool. So, they... They arrive at the church and find out all the cars have been attacked, including a rose bush near the door. Uh, we learn that as one hell of a powerful ghost yeah. that has, um, or spirit or something. Oh, there you go in here. It says it's been looming over Wicker Park area for more than 80 years. So, it was mm. Wicker Park that they stuck it in. So, I'm going to assume that the church itself is around that 80 years old, that that part's still true, too. Okay. okay. Um, Yeah. They, like, tore the shit out of this place. Mm-hmm. So cars in the area, and then the rose bushes, like, right up close to the church itself, like, so on the property. So they actually on consecrated grounds. Yeah. Totally. And that's kind of a big deal. Right. Well, and any two-bit fantasy lover knows that, you know, consecrated ground is one of those places you go to to escape all the Keeps supernatural baddies. Yeah. yeah. Well, and another That and point. salt. That and salt. <laughs> that and salt. But the other issue, too, is that, you know, typically ghosts can only interact with minor objects or a specific object. Yes, so being moving able to pennies roses around. Roses and cars and, I don't know, gravel, stone, concrete, whatever Parking the hell. lot doors, materials. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no it gravel. shouldn't have been able to interact with this many different objects. Yeah, because, again, it's either something directly related to, so, again, like, Agatha Hagelthorn could affect the, the babies, babies and the cribs and yeah. the hospital things because she had the, well, yeah. the axe because yeah. that she sort of manifested with yeah. herself though she didn't pick up, like, the yeah. fire axe out of the hospital. But, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the fact that presumably there haven't been any horrible disturbing murders on the site of this church (laughs) so the ghost shouldn't theoretically be (laughs) and again the fact that yeah all these things like the rose bushes or something that's i don't know if it matters that it's more recent or if a a ghost from there could interact with the things at any point but but yeah like you say all the cars and the bushes and the thing like they're all sort of separate entities of different times and places and not in any way connected to any one thing right so it don't bode well. <laughs> no. No. Something yeah. strong. No. Good. Yeah. So, I like, too, how he has it. Like, he's a little uncomfortable approaching the church. And he's like, not for any, like, quasi-supernatural reason. I just mean churches and God just don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just the same regular old that any of you might feel uncomfortable walking into a church. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I just love how he kind of po- po- points that out. It's like, no mystical reason. Just, <laughs> I just don't know where I feel. I'm just kind of agnostic <laughs> to it, y'all. <laughs> so, they enter the church and talk to Father Forthill. Yes, lovely Dr. Forthill. A doctor? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Lovely father, Fort Hill. <laughs> uh, but again, just one of those characters, just like Michael. He just seems so wholesome and friendly and just this little Irish blue-eyed priest. And you just kind of want to tuck him in your pocket. <laughs> At least I do. I don't know. I like Fort Hill. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're on very good terms, like very chummy. Well, just like they fully like, how's your wife and how's your kids and let's plan the baptism for your upcoming baby and la 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 and we'll have lunch and we'll plan this. Like, yeah. they're fully just friends. They're fully, and again, it just totally makes me say, this is why I wonder, because I'm, I'm, because again, I'm pretty sure like when we go to Michael's house, I'm pretty sure at some point we find out that that's in the Wicker Park. So I'm assuming, you know, and like I said, I don't know if that's why I'd make this their congregation or something like that, right? But yeah, obviously they're longstanding members of this church and again, have developed a, a friendship relationship with the priest himself and all that kind of stuff um and i love how it totally throws michael for a loop because because fort hill is like hey dresden how's it hanging and he's like oh yeah we're cool bro and michael's like what <laughs> he's like you guys like no know each other like because it's already been established that michael has previously because when he sends lydia right he's like tell him that michael's friend sent you you know and they've established that before michael obviously has been like hey if shit's going down you know send people to fort hill he's solid right but doesn't realize they've actually had interactions beyond that <laughs> oh i didn't catch that oh he did yeah because um um hang on where is it uh, michael's uh, house is located in wrigley field oh wrigley but how well maybe not okay anyways um so he knocked on the door, opens at once, Father Forthill, a graying man of slight build and only medium stature, blinked anxiously up at us through a pair of wire room sheets. Uh, spectacles, blue eyes, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he said. Oh, Michael. Uh, oh, Michael, thank the Lord. He opened the door wider and Michael stepped over the threshold to embrace where it kissed Michael on either cheek and stepped back to peer at me. And Harry Dresden, professional wizard. I've never had anyone task me or ask me to bless a five-gallon drum into holy water before. <laughs> and it's like Michael peered at me, evidently surprised that the priest and I knew each other. He's like, I shrugged, oh. a little embarrassed, and was like, you told me I could count on him in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yes, right, right, that's right. what made the... So, yeah, they don't have the same, like, they're not hanging out all the time. They don't know, but they've had a few, exactly, you know, like a five-gallon drum of, yeah, of that's water. That's worth remembering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I can remember my parents taking in like the like no bigger than like a juice glass or something you know a little vial of holy water that we could have around the house and that you know but yeah even even devout as they were and as big as my family was it never came in a five five gallon drum right that's a lot <laughs> yeah 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 so uh it's just again it's one of those things you know like i probably don't but i kind of want to know what that story was like was this just in general like you got excess or like did you build like a giant water bomb for a case or something like you know what i mean like how much of this five gallons do you have around is this just like arsenal you've got stocked up in amongst Throw all it the, in the basement, yeah, yeah. right? In amongst all the other detritus you got down there, or <laughs> was this like you had to build one really big epic like pail over the door thing? Or anyways, so yeah, so it's just another kind of cute moment there, or whatever. Um, they ask about Lydia, who Father Forthill describes as an abused personality. Apparently, she had had another seizure while there. And Father Forthill figures his her seizure could be due to withdrawal related, which I thought that brought again Cassandra's tears mm -hmm. yeah. into perspective. Like he automatically assumes that she's you know some withdrawing Druggy. from drugs and yeah exactly and not a legitimate psychic so. yeah or even. Um epileptic or anything like that you know because Dresden's like oh yeah she's got and he's like or it could just be so and again right like you know again we're sort of quickly right with the way that that Fort Hill greets Michael and even Harry and stuff like that right you see that mostly open personality and that willingness to help and bring me you know you're poor you're suffering I mean I'll Statue of Liberty and stuff too but you know um but then again <laughs> right so they start talking about Lydia and again it's like well it could just be that she's a junkie you know I mean obviously she's been on tough times and she's got kind of an abused personality so it makes sense that she would be a junkie and all this kind of stuff and yeah whereas normally you know again you'd think he'd be more willing to give the benefit of the doubt and look for potentially other causes or reasons mm -hmm. well that's one of the fun parts about cassandra's tears too is that it goes so back and forth that even us as an audience it's constantly like but i knew that you would think this was poison so i switched it around and then i thought that you would know that i would switch it around so i didn't switch it around but then you like, <laughs> i, I like, knew that you knew that i knew that you knew that i knew that right? you knew <laughs> so the whole time is like no it is actually fair to say that like is she a junkie or is she schizophrenic we don't know which one she is is she having epilepsy seizures or is she 
uh, coming out of withdrawal. It like, yeah, you know, like that's normally a flip, but now we're like, it's Cassandra's tears. How dare everyone not believe her? But it's like, no, wait, it actually is fair for them to not believe. Like, well, and I was gonna say, us. like, yeah, it, that is part of why that works. Mm-hmm. Is that her character is, you know, I mean, again, she's not obviously a little you know, goody two shoes, prep school, whatever, like, you know, even Dresden says, like, she immediately goes to the alley cat, sort of, like, imagines I was bartering sex for mm-hmm. my services, and, you know, that does not necessarily have any rhyme or reason to deal with Cassandra's tears in and of itself, right? So, exactly right, just kind of based on, on how Lydia's been presented and stuff like that, you know, and how she presents herself and the way she talks and acts is, is that exactly, it's it's very valid it's, it gives you plausible explanations for coming up with these mm-hmm. counter alternatives, theories too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a funny thing to have against. an unreliable narrator, but when you create an unreliable audience, you're like, wait, what am I reading? <laughs> What's happening? But you're just so many layers. It just yeah. keeps so going thicker and thicker. Father Forthill recounts the, recounts the attack on the church. The entity called her name, which I kind of wondered, which name did he call? Lydia or her real name? <laughs> Yes. Like, I'll never know. <laughs> because, yeah, how would he necessarily know what name she's going by or not? Or is that just her go-to alias with everybody on the street? Right. Like, who yeah. knows? And that later, after everything died down, we learned she left the church. Mm-hmm. Snuck out. Malforth Hill tried to go and get food, I think it was. Yeah. She, yeah. Snuck out. <laughs> not yeah. very not gracious wise. of you. No. More wise. Well, and I find it sort of interesting, too, like how Ford Hill attempts to call it out, right? Like he asks for its name, you know, which of course it doesn't give up either. Um, it just laughs at him or whatever. And he begins to compel it by the holy world, a word. And then it goes like totally berserker and gets even more pissed and like really like then you can hear it crushing things outside so before it was just kind of like hey Lydia come on you know maybe rough up the rose bushes bang on rattle the windows a little and he's like yeah and then he's like you know starts yeah bringing God and faith into this and that's when like the mega destruction really so like apparently this thing didn't like that (laughs) (laughs) weirdly Um, enough excuse me and just shows off just how powerful it is if if the word of that that, that this man's faith is not enough to actually curb it and get get rid of it which in normal cases it probably would have well yeah for sure even just like say crossing the boundaries of consecrated ground would have been a big thing it would have been like standing across the street going hey (laughs) you know but yeah and exactly that no no no, you've pissed it off and it can act on it like you're not dispelling this thing in any way you're just pissing it off more Mm -hmm. and and yeah, and he does. You. at least he does manage to keep her, because, you know, he says then that she tries leaving at the time. She's like, no, 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 you're going to get hurt, I got to go. And at least Fort Hill is able to stand his ground and keep her inside during the night, and that does not let her go out to it, which at least is something. And then, yes, once daylight has come, he kind of goes to check on things and make sure, and she gives him the slip then kind of a thing. So, Which is kind of like junkie behavior. Well, and it is a little bit too, because that's the thing. I kind of remember the first time reading this too, and I was like, dude, you went because you were scared and needed protection. So he gives you the amulet, he sends you to the church. It's a harrowing night, and you think this thing is going to get in and get you at any moment, but it don't. The The church withstands it, Father Forthill withstands it, like whatever, together, on its own. Yes, we kept safe, you were kept safe. You, Stay where it's safe. Stay yeah. where it's safe, yeah, exactly. And that, like, I get being worried about Father Forthill, but I mean, again, if this thing had been managing to like, batter him around, but you were still, I could even, right? But I'm like, all of you, and because again, this is a very large church, so we're gonna assume there's probably some other priests or whatever in the rectory and stuff like that, some servants, housekeepers, something, whatever, to maintain this building. But everybody's okay, everybody's fine, right? So it's like, I get that it was terrifying, but it worked. Like, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I was why just, would you leave? Yeah, I was like, like you're not actually mystery. protecting it. But again, right, with just the terror of the situation or feeling guilty that she brought this on this place, because I'm sure she could have peeked out a window and seen the destruction too while he, you know, or whether again, like this junky behavior of just not thinking clearly, properly, like whatever, right? But yeah, I just remember that being, I was like, dude, but you got exactly what you asked for. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, like you said, Tanzan is very, like, junky behavior or possession behavior or it's otherwise controlled. Sketchy. Like, it's not, like, 
She's even back and forth on herself on what she wants. Yeah, it's not reasonable, yeah. logical no. behavior. <laughs> Which, you know, could, again, be Cassandra's tears. Unintentionally, she's sabotaging herself because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, they're like, we gotta... Yeah. Move on like, to the next lead. <laughs> yeah, Father Fort, he'll ask for their discretion and ask the local police to think that it was a vandal, which Harry was surprised that oh. he was... Well, I was gonna say, okay, no, I love this bit, too, where where he's like, Father Fort Hill is like, I'm certain that only the power of the Almighty kept us safe within these walls. And he's like, I won't argue with you, Father. And he's like, um, he's Father Fort Hill's like, I would not wish to encounter this being outside of a church without seeking God's help in the matter. And he's, and Harry just like points it, and he's like, I did see. He's like, I've got a freaking knight of the cross. He's like, what do you want me to put out the bat signal for the other two? <laughs> like, I was just like, you know, really, he's got a point. <laughs> like, he does have a freaking knight of the cross, at, and he sent her to a church. So really, I'm thinking, like, to be, he really to honestly be fair, did as much as he I'm, I'm this. um but yeah um i love that too also that kind of falls in line a little bit too with like earlier when they first go into when i was talking about like michael being surprised that dresden knows fort hill and stuff like that and he's like contrary to what charity thinks he's like i don't call you every time something goes (laughs) you know i do sometimes work on my own and handle some shit but you know i just love how people are like you call me too much you don't call enough he's like what do you want me to do here people he's like but don't call michael but yeah i just love that i was like um hello i was like i've got about as much heavenly help as i can get here yeah, so they have their little pleasantries and whatever, and the baby and the whole, and um, yeah, Harry wants to go talk to somebody who he knows that should know yes. shit about spirits and ghosts and that's psychic in Old Town. Yeah. And then he wants to consult the with Bob. Necromancer. And He's not Bob. a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can barely call up a ghost if he wants to. He's like, then why do you want to talk to him? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, he still has some power. <laughs> Harry reveals that he regularly pays Bob romance novels and that he isn't an actual familiar, that he's a, a, yeah, his own Michael's all like entity. Yeah, he's like, well, he fulfills the role, doesn't he? And he's like, please. <laughs> he's like, familiars work for free. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Michael's a little bit like... He's still not real comfortable yeah, with it. Like he like, like even if he's like he looked into Harry's soul, he's still a little bit like, mm, like you get shit done. <laughs> yeah, and that is fair, right? Because again, like you say, that's not the end all and be all of who a person is. And again, somebody like Michael, and of course with the church, very much with the whole free will. I mean, that was his whole thing with with Lee and stuff like that. He's like, well, if you made a bargain with her, like I can't do that. You chose. And he's like, I was a minor, and he's like, well, it's the right. But exactly, you know, like that whole free will. So he knows Harry can change, or you know, potentially get in too far, wander down the wrong path, whatever. Right? right. Like he doesn't. And, and even I, I have always found this a little bit interesting about the relationship because even though he relies on Harry like like he needed Harry to open the 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 portal into the never never like at that time at that moment whatever Michael didn't have the means now again I'm sure if Harry wasn't there and he needed to you know God assuming you know God will he would provide some way for Michael but this is probably how he's provided right he's like basically he's not a sorcerer himself right so he needs some of Harry's magic and appreciates how but he is sort of kind of like he doesn't trust that power at all in and of itself because he's sort of even made allusions to this in the beginning of of you know walking and Harry's like I'm not going to walk away and leave my power and and because Michael's like I don't really trust it I don't know that it's really all coming from a good you know um Place, source. Yeah, I was going to say uh, God approved, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of, but right? But at the same time, he has to have a lot of trust in, in Harry himself to get, because he's working with him. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and I think that's it, is that that's more of that trust in his personality and what he saw, even though he's not so sure about some of the means and methods kind of a thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, so again, Bob is just like another step. He's like, okay, well, Harry, at least I know what kind of person he is. I know he's trying to do good, and at least I can kind of keep an eye on him. And if I see him start going, you know, too far or in a way I don't mm, like, I can right. maybe talk to him and bring him back. But again, having this familiar and talking to spirits and talking to demons, right? I mean, it's all of those kinds of things that aren't even necessarily Harry's innate inherent power, 
Well, it feels very deja vu uh, from earlier, but like it, it's very much like a difference between working with a human who's got magic and working with a human and his best friend, the demon, and his best friend, the ghost, and his best friend, the spirit, and his best friend, the necromancer. <laughs> like, you know, like... Yeah. You know, and that's where I think Michael's a little bit more wary. He's like, okay, if, like, when I'm just dealing with Harry and magic, that's one thing. But every time Harry brings his other mojo jojo, he's like, I didn't soul gaze with all that shit. <laughs> well, right. yeah, exactly, right? And... And again, he obviously doesn't know exactly what Bob is just because he kind of refers to him as, like, a familiar and that. But he knows enough to know that Bob is this separate entity kind of a thing, right? And not a human mortal entity. Mm -hmm. So that's where he starts getting kind of, like, I'm not so sure about this. Like, because again, mostly Michael is sent out to dispatch the bad supernatural stuff. You know? Michael's an enforcer. He's and not really he's meant to, He doesn't do... Not to say that Michael isn't a smart guy and doesn't, you know, figure out a lot on his own, but he's not... In the same way that Harry kind of has to, like, do a lot of his own homework and stuff like that, Michael gets a lot straighter of a mission. Like, you go yeah. kill this guy and be done. Harry Mr. has to be like... done. Yeah. Holy, right? Whereas Harry's like, I don't even know who the bad guy is yet. He's got to do a yeah. lot of trial well, and error. Well, Harry's right? hired to figure out or thrust into a situation now that he's in danger that he has to figure out... Accidentally trips his way into who, a problem. Yeah, <laughs> who, who's the bad guy? Who am I protecting yeah. myself against whereas exactly Michael has pointed out basically and like always just ends up coincidentally where he needs to be when mm -hmm. he needs to be when something bad is going down kind of a thing oh, and right? I think that's, so, all that makes them makes both of them a really great pair to work together it does it, it absolutely does it's a great dynamic but it's just I guess basically it boils down to Michael knows love right Michael gets his orders from an archangel Harry doesn't, so mm -hmm. he's suspicious of that source. Because <laughs> okay. he's like, if you were all in the up and up, an archangel would show up at your door and tell you what you needed to know and where to get there. And right, so it's like again, Michael has the faith, the trust, the knowledge. Like he believes in what he's where his is coming from, and Harry's is an unknown. It's the murkier, cloudier side of that, right? That just shows how much more righteous you know Michael has room to be in, isn't though? Because, yeah, like, certainly, like, if Harry, if Michael's going around, he's like, well, you know what? God isn't giving you direct orders, so you must not be that great. Michael's not like that, right? Michael is, like, fully, like, yeah. there's only so many conduits that God can have and, like, only so much archangels and knights of the cross and whatever. Like, he gets that. He's like, yeah, it doesn't he mean understands. the rest of you aren't as yeah good attempting to yeah. be at least right if we're on the right path then things will work mm -hmm. for us right. yeah exactly that harry is another sort of tool in that arsenal that right. helps him yeah. again just his. you know michael you know he sees him as the wild card that he is yeah, yeah. and has a healthy dose of wariness i think <laughs> he, he right he's very grounded in reality mm -hmm. in that, totally right so that's it he knows yeah he he absolutely i don't think there's any question that he trusts Harry, but he's also aware that things could change at any moment. To be fair, having a wife willing to bully Harry gives a lot more wiggle room to Michael, too. Like, Michael, <laughs> like, like, you know, if Michael ever needs to turn, he can always be like a, you know, charity, right? Like, that's, well, that's the other thing, you know? just if he ever, you know, doubted his own decision or judgment or anything like that, yeah, charity would be right there to... Yeah. Yeah, no, you're way out of line on this. <laughs> so it does give Michael you know, a little so bit of extra it, it helps with some perspective <laughs> yeah. there, absolutely, absolutely. So they get in Michael's white truck, of course, and take them back. So, um, so the two leave to find the psychic to find out where the spirit was, to find out who the spirit was. Mm-hmm. Brings us to the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 10. Dresden meets with Mortimer Lindquist, a local psychic. He questions the man and manages to get his journals. So we are introduced to Mortimer Lindquist, and the setting of the house seems to enhance a feeling of ridiculousness for the man, not to mention his name. More like a haunted mansion at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he tries, but like maybe at night with the right lighting, yeah. but he's like, yeah, in the daytime, it just looks ridiculous. Everything is described as nice, but a little bit of a fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a transplant from a, a red roof, white walled stucco transplant from somewhere in Southern California. Um, so it doesn't really fit with the whole gothic, creepy vibe he's trying to get going for it. 
Um, and everything's, yeah, just, like, plastic and fake. But, you know, it, was, it basically looks like his house is dressed up for Halloween, right? So it gives you so... Gimmicks. Gimmicks, yeah. So, again, maybe on Halloween night when you're in costume and taking the kids out, it's going to be like, ooh, this house is done up really well. But in the middle of the afternoon, it's like, what the fuck? This looks <laughs> so fake. It's, like, so cheesy. Um, and I just have to say, too... The description of, which we'll get to in a second when he meets him, but, well, I guess it's not, we can skip that. Um, so yeah, so he goes, so I kind of love this meeting here. So he goes, and he's, like, about to knock on the door, and it just opens on its own, and somebody's, like, coming out backwards, drag, right, so they don't, so he just kind of steps to the side, and this person, (laughs) like, hauls, like, completely oblivious, and so Harry just, like, walks in and sits down, he's like, this is perfect, he's, like, gets to make this huge, like, mystical, magical entrance, and, like, just because the guy's, like, distracted and doesn't know, like, just perfect timing on that part, right, where it's, like... I did really like that I imagery. Know, like, I know, the imagery is great. All-powerful wizard. Ha-ha. Yeah, it's like one second there's nobody there, the next second he's just sitting at your table with his hand. Yeah, I just... It's like, I well, you want to sneak up behind someone and scare them, and you just, like, notice you've got the absolute perfect opportunity. They've got, like, but, their headphones on, they're doing the dishes, you're like, oh, my God, I can walk up right behind them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm going to get them so good. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I love that. And the same thing with, like, the interior's all kind of decked out and, like, spooky, cheesy seance stuff as well but there's not really a threshold because he uses it as a business business. so again um between that and probably again a little bit like you know harry they've said a couple times here it doesn't have the greatest threshold because he's in a rental and he he lives alone he's a bachelor and, and i don't know if morty presumably morty probably owns his home or whatever but again he's like a bachelor on his own he's not so don't know that he'd he had better be or the irs is gonna get his ass for operating a business out of it <laughs> <laughs> you can't operate a business out of your home if you're not single <laughs> if you're renting like oh yeah. if you're renting okay it was like, the last thing i said was like presumably he's like single and you're like he better be if he's running a business <laughs> Having <laughs> filing those taxes as a bachelor. <laughs> but yes, yes, yeah, he's running. But anyways, um, so but yeah, so a little bit of like, uh, I think like the smug, like you know, when he's like, you know, saying like the skull in his waiting room was plastic. It's like I've got a real, yeah, <laughs> like, I've got <laughs> a real human like, skull, yeah. and I got a real thing inside of it. But yeah, exactly. So it just carries on that whole thing. The Encyclopedia Britannica is like a just scraped off, so it's just like these impressive older looking books up on his shelf yeah. to make it look all <laughs> mystical. Which is uh, funny because it's like Harry's actual house is just like 87 rugs, like all draped out across the walls and the floors just to keep it warm. But that still gives the effect of like this old wizard tower. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And he's got like a million and one books, like just laying everywhere because he doesn't have room for all these books. Yeah, well, and just and books. He's like an that, avid right? reader, right? So I'm like, he's not, I mean, I'm sure he's got some <laughs> mystical, arcane type books around, but there's also a lot Regular of. Regular just books. Yeah. yeah, like I'm pretty sure in Stormfront, <laughs> he's reading like Dean Koontz or something like that is the one he checks in the box, right? Yeah. So it's like, he's just got a million paper but he's like no I actually read books like, <laughs> it just seems like a little bit extra smug though he walks in he's like mine is the real version <laughs> yeah, I don't have to try so hard mine just is but yeah so he gets in, so he gets his freebie there that there's no threshold or anything for him to worry about so he goes and sets up and then yeah it's like hilarious that like yeah Morty comes in and he's like shut the door Morty we need to talk he's like holy fuck I love that moment because it's it's totally a power move that he learned oh. from Marcone. Well, I'm, I'm probably Justin and any number of other yeah. people. But yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. That is a very, when he was you're in the office. office. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice way to reuse that oh, that move. <laughs> right? It's like you're an asshole, but you really are effective and know your shit. There's always smaller fish. <laughs> uh, what? There's always smaller always fish. Always smaller fish. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he squeals and, and turns, we need to talk Morty. And he immediately knows. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, come here. He's like, I didn't do anything. I followed the rules. Yeah, <laughs> right on the defense, right away. I know, and again, Harry's just like, cha-ching. Like, I knew he wasn't going to want to deal with me, but, like, he's just, like, handing me everything. Like, totally. he fucking opened the door for me, literally. Now he gives me this opening that I can totally leverage and be like... Well, I said we need to talk, and the first thing you say is, I didn't do it. It makes me think you did something. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that. But this description of Morty, so Morty's, like, older and balding and whatever, a little bit overweight and all this kind of stuff. I have always pictured him largely as um, the penalty box 
customer from, which again, Tans, and I'm doubting you ever saw this. Remember 16? Yes. The penalty. And he was that, that little, like, shorter, I think he always had, like, a green coat and the hat. <laughs> You're right. That's what I think when I think of Morty Lindquist. Is that's always the, that's funny. the impression I have. I've to- got Mundungus from Harry Potter. Oh, I get. He's a little bit more wormy, though. I don't see Morty as quite that. Hang on. I see, just... and I thought of um, from Princess Bride, inconceivable. Ah, uh, yes, that's, that's enough. Vincini. And Wallace. I knew that you would think that I would. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace Shawn as as Vincini. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's fair. But you, um, you're second man. Hang on, let me. Yeah, there you go. That's penalty. But I, and it was really funny because oh. it actually says because I was trying to think. And I'm like, he doesn't have a name because he's in like <laughs> penalty box. Customer? Yeah, and I love in the, in the wiki it actually says he's like he's a recurring character, um, and despite frequently appearing in the show, he has never been given a name. Because I was like, oh, I can actually find out who he is. Because I'm like, I don't know what his name is, but no, I guess I don't feel so bad because they never gave him. Even though he was in like literally, it felt like every other episode you'd see him in the mall at some point. But if you if you are not a Canadian. You probably Listener, you've don't never know. seen it. It's just no, wait, did they, did, they, did they do the whole voting thing? Oh no, that was the Canadian voting Canadian thing, TV wasn't it? Show. I know it was a Canadian TV show. That was one of the things I really liked about it. They're in like Ontario, and it's funny because when they actually draw them doing stuff, they draw like you see them handing like blue and purple bills and stuff to each other instead of just everything green. Everything green. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're in like Ontario and stuff like that. It was actually <laughs> really cute. It was well done. I loved that show. Anyways, Anyways, penalty box customer guy. So Morty, Morty comes in. A nice thing about this, too, is that it shows us just how encroached in secrets the White Council is. Because we know from Harry that, like, the White Council doesn't like him, right? But Morty is instantly like, you're a part of the White Council, I don't have anything to do with it, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, even yeah, Morty follow- doesn't know that Harry and the White Council aren't good. He thinks that he's one of them, right? Yes. So that's just how out of the loop united front boys you club know? too i think is what the yeah. white council is like we can hate each other on the inside but nobody outside yeah. is they're right. all going to see yeah, us totally, as a united yeah. force and yeah. but yes exactly that it obviously tells us that morty is not part of the white council and that the wardens have showed up to make sure that he's on the up and up and not doing anything because like he say right like like Michael says, like, necromancer and that, and Harry's like, no, he's an ectomancer. Like, he's not trying to raise the dead back to life. He just raises spirits to to talk to them, (laughs) you know? Like, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's sort of like this fake psychic seance now, and... and Lost his abilities. Lost his power. Yeah, basically. Or weakened them. Weakened them, which is what, you know, we talk about in, in, like, just the beginning of this book, Michael making that allusions to Harry of like, oh, you could just walk away and leave. And Harry's like, I'm not going to walk away and lose my power. And, you know, he said things in previous books about, you know, doing things and like, we use it or lose it, use it or lose it and all that kind of stuff. Right. So here's a case of where it's actually happened. Like Morty was never on Dresden's level. He's not a full out badass. I can join the white council wizard, but he legitimately had a gift, talent, whatever of being able to talk to spirits and whatever. Well, I mean, I guess basically it's like he can handle it, but, you know, chose to no longer sort of nurture and... and Essentially, he t- became a sellout. And he, yeah. he like, over-exaggerated his own talents to the point when he didn't believe in himself. And so his own powers failed on him. Oh, see, that's not how the way that I read it. I didn't ever read it that he, no. like, over-believed and over-sold. I went, because it comes back as as Dresden's talking to him and being like, oh, whatever, I thought you were doing, like, too much doom and gloom. And he's like, you don't know what it's like to be, like, at the salad bar and have somebody come up to you and tell you how, like, they murdered their wife in their sleep. Mm-hmm. I took it that he had so much inundation mm. that it became too much for him, that he started blocking it out and didn't want to use it mm-hmm. because he... he he, you know, hadn't reached a point that he had enough power that they were there and he could he could call up spirits and do real seances and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But he also couldn't shut it off that these things were just constantly and he either turned to drink and blotted it out and then, you know, that eroded his powers and or just not using them like that was sort of always more. So, I mean, you know, I took it he, like even in the way Harry does, like he turned it into his own business and it just got away from him. He just wasn't able to. You know, people didn't necessarily want it. Well, he says as much even later on in the chapter. He's like, nobody actually cares about the truth. They just want to be, like, assured that, like, Grandpa, Uncle, blah, blah, doesn't hate them. Yeah. Right? So it's, like, one of those things. It's, like, you know, he was having, like, this man tell him, like, oh, I murdered my kids and my wife and then killed myself and I'm so happy about it. And instead of passing that on to the rest of the family, he was like, yeah, he oh. says sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. 
you know, like, you know, yeah. like essentially just appease the customer, get paid, and it, you know, he sort of wasn't true to his own powers, and it, right. which I'm sure it could be both, you know, he wasn't happy with the truth himself, and so he started lying. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I essentially guess take it like the way the powers work is that like Harry says before, like you've got to really believe in what you're doing. Like you can't mm-hmm. perform a spell that you don't believe in, right? And even. Sorry. Well, even as we've seen, like, Lucio's, how she interprets it as different light forms or something like that, you know? Like, there's a certain level of, like, mm-hmm. it, whereas, like, you know, like, if for whatever Lucio's magic works, you know, like, if she puts blue and red together, then her spell has to be purple, you know? Like, Harry has to really believe, like, if he's doing creation magic, he's got to believe that this is going to do what he wants it to do, you know? Or it's yeah. not going to work. And I feel like Mort just kind of was, like... He started blurring the lines and maybe, you know, purposely, like, blocking out enough of it that, yeah, eventually it just kind of got away from him. And now it's just, like, the wisps at the edge of his... Yeah, I, I guess. Know? Yeah, maybe. I I was not the angle that I ever mm-hmm. viewed it at. I always viewed it a little bit more as sort of, like, an inherent... Like, I mean, okay, so the magic is kind of inherent, too. Like, you say, hair was kind of born with it and had traces of it or whatever before being taught how to form he had a mega mega dump from mom well okay yeah but point being is that yes basically in this world um i mean obviously like victor cells was taught a lot of it too but Mm -hmm. people like harry like the wizards have they're born with some kind of magical talent and right and and had some kind of manifestation of it before he was adopted and been like hey uh, no dude your magic here's how this shit works Mm -hmm. right and trained how to do the spells so yeah if that had never happened, Harry might nev- never really understood that. They might have just dissipated before they really went anywhere and stuff like that, right? Um, so, yeah, you have to believe in it. You have to know it has to come from you. But there's also a lot of training that's in Harry. I always sort of envision more as because he's not like a wizard. And to me, that's kind of what makes the difference between a wizard is you can do all those kinds of things, right? Like, you, you, you know, Harry can talk to ghosts and things he just maybe doesn't have the same talent and right so to me this is sort of a more natural inherent talent that morty had that he didn't have to sort of learn how to call ghosts it just was always there Mm -hmm. and so he more had to learn how to control and and temper that ability and either didn't at the time have the resources or didn't choose to or know how to or whatever and yeah that would to me it was always just that he got because I mean yeah I think that it wasn't so much like he he did some of it as the business before like he did some real seances and things but again it was more just that not that he didn't want to do it not that he sold out but again it's like as it became too much for him to handle like I mean again like people like cops or or you know, hospital workers or social workers that deal with, you know, and eventually get burned out. They can't take anymore. They can't deal anymore with the abuse and the trauma and whatever that all that goes through that he just started blocking it out and not wanting to. And then just that he could no longer hold like a proper seance, but he knows how it works. And basically he's like, most people are just schmucks. Yeah. He just could lie anyway. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. You know, yeah, they don't need to know that Uncle Jeremy or whatever forgives them for missing his birthday. They just want to know that he can and should. Right. So he's like, whatever, I could just use that and just basically did fake seances from then on out. But, hmm. but I don't know. I feel like you just proved my point. <laughs> Let's see more defense for my defense. <laughs> I don't know. A more an argument for my defense. Well, I- you said that he lost it because he sold out. Yeah, and he's a sellout. But I'm saying it's not because he was doing the seances that it lost it. I'm saying he purposely blocked it out and then became that he couldn't use it and do it and so had to sell out and do fake seances because he could no longer do real ones. Uh, That's my point. Arguing the order? Somewhat, but yeah. Okay. Anyways. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we'll see in like six books, or he not, doesn't fully yes. lose it. Ah. Yeah. You with the spoilers every time. You just... My goodness. Everyone's read it. You're incapable. <laughs> Um, so anyways, yeah, so we do find out that, yes, the reason Harry still talks to him and has gone, because, like, Michael kind of is, like, why even bothering then if he doesn't know anything? But he's, like, he did, he was in the know at one point, he knew some shit, he still has some contacts and some At least if he doesn't know, he'll know someone who knows. Yeah, exactly, right. So, yeah, so Morty is not real thrilled to see him. Morty doesn't want to get dragged into it. He doesn't want to deal with it. He finds out that, again... Um, you know, this border between the supernatural world and Harry's like, oh, I think that wall has been there like a long time. I don't think it's about to suddenly collapse now. And Morty's like, wall, more like saran wrap. Like that thing has always been fluid. And right now it's like, right. yeah, fucking like jello saran wrap. <laughs> this is wiggling more than a, 
then a stripper with a bunch of dock workers on shore leave kind of <laughs> thing. What is that? Uh, Serenrap. It bends, it wiggles, it stirs. Uh, the past two weeks, the board has been waggling back and forth like a hooker at a dock workers convention. There you go. That's a lot of waggling. That's a lot of waggling. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Flip-flops like Dresden on a deal. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very unstable. So, apparently, it's, it's mm-hmm. again, not a solid, solid barrier like Dresden had sort of supposed it was. It's never as that, and now it's really not. Yeah, but I think Mort's makes more sense, especially as we learn about the never-never, and, like, like we mm-hmm. don't really know that much right now, but he said, uh, he said a little bit with um, Michael, it's like, could be a great way of traveling around if you knew where you were going, but, like, the mm-hmm. point outside my house and the never-never might not equal to the next block over, because it's, like, tied, like, as we learn, like, it's tied to emotions and events and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. So, traveling in the never-never isn't the same sort of traveling in the human world, yeah, and, like, one mile as, doesn't translate to one mile, right? It's not, right? yeah, proportionally Which would make linear. more sense to this, like, malleable, jello wrap, weird, timey-wimey. Yeah, exactly. You could poke in at one point in places that were, like, six inches apart or not, like, half an inch apart or whatever Mm -hmm. you know and then you take your finger out and boom they're like six inches apart again and the whole like yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so a lot more malleable a lot more crazy so he's like okay so what's causing it and we're just like i don't know i mean it's kind of like when when harry went to um haven't you read my books (laughs) yeah 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 he's like (laughs) he's like okay fine so yeah so basically he's like screw you i'm out of here here's his cab pull up he's like i'd get out of town if i were you too like Right, and of course Harry's like, I can't, I gotta, but he does, he does throw him a bone at the end. Right, 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 he does. You know, he's like, if you're serious about all this, he's like. Oh, that, and he, something came across last night, nothing I've ever felt, not a ghost, a nightmare. Yeah. That's big time. So again, that tells you that he's still got some of his mojo right there, right? Because Harry hasn't, you know, Harry just says something's been going on, and and Morty's the one that's like, something huge came across last night. Not just a little bit. Not just a little bit. And then, yeah, so things have been kind of, and this thing comes a lot, and the next morning, Morty's running for the hills. Yeah. Right? Like, he didn't get out of town two weeks ago or anything. Like, he's like, this is Which means not cool. I want the fuck out. Lydia's three premonitions weren't enough to scare Mort or get on Mort's radar. Well, we don't know how his come. He doesn't get premonitions the same way. No, Lydia. Lydia had three premonitions, right? Yeah. And I'm saying whatever that was clearly was just a dream or a vision or whatever. It wasn't something that was legitimately following Lydia up until this point. Because Mort, it only uh, went on his radar last night. Yeah, I see what you're so whatever saying. I was like, Mort doesn't get warned in visions. No, my point but, is, yes, whatever okay, Lydia's yes, afraid yes, of yes. wasn't a big yes, enough fear until last was night. Right. Yes, that okay. again was just the premonition part of it. Nothing yeah. had come of it yet. That was still future events. Yes, yes, yeah. So yes, so he was, so yeah, so right there, like, Harry didn't sort of think already he was in trouble and had shit going on, now he's got it confirmed that, like, yeah, no, this is, this is really big, really bad. He's like, oh, cool. Well, I thought it was interesting that he does say it's not a ghost, it's a nightmare. Yeah. That he makes that distinction. Yeah, and he says that it's pissed off and is gonna start killing, and he's like, I don't think you were anyone. So, cause yeah, he's like, I don't know, he doesn't, he doesn't, cause he's like, but it's a ghost. And he's like, he just gave me a smile that showed me his canines. It was creepy on that florid eyes too wide face. It's a nightmare. So he doesn't really say it's not a ghost, but it's just the scale, right? Yeah, like, exactly, like, yeah, it's, we don't know exactly what if it's just a basic ghost that's, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger of ghosts, or if it's something slightly different from just a ghost or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, but he also points it out. He's like, and then, yeah, like the look, he's like, I don't want to look at Lindquist's soul. <laughs> he's like, you know, they're staring at each other for a second. He's like, yeah, I don't want to go there right now. That's, mm. nope, no, no, thanks. Nope, no, that's all right. Um, so yeah, so he takes coffee. He's like, yeah, he's like under the chair. There's like my actual journals and notebooks and things like that. So he's like, that's good I, of him like, to throw yeah, him. that's right. He's like, I think you're crazy. I think you should get the fuck out of here too. Cause I don't think you can, but if you're serious, cause you know, Harry does say to him earlier on, he's like, you used to know your shit. Like there was some good stuff in your books. And like the one book he's like, I, I thought was maybe. Yeah. He pleads to his ego at some point. Yeah. A little bit, but not just well, to the e- like, like Harry's legitimately giving him a little bit of respect. He breaks him down your books. and then yeah. builds him back up. Yeah. Basically. Right. <laughs> he's like, yeah, now you're a sellout. Now you're, but you knew your shit at one point, And so, you know, you can some, get it back. You can get it. And that's the, yeah, he throws a bone back to, 
to more by saying like, hey, lay off the booze and, you know, you're older, wiser, you could get. See, and this is, I think, part of where it made mm-hmm. me feel that he, you know, he's like, you can get a better handle on it rather than, you know, you can control it rather than it controlling you. So, um, so yeah, somewhere it's like, knock yourself out if you want. You can read some shit, but that's all I got for you. Peace out. And Dresden ponders what the nightmare is here for. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't sound good. And so melodramatic. He's like, so this nightmare was here for something. I wondered what it wanted, wondered what it would do, and worried that all too soon I would find out. <laughs> Dramatic little shit. No shit, Harry. <laughs> you've been set to figure out basically what this like. This is now your learning is the root cause of all the shit you've been dealing with. Read the and, signs. Like, yeah. And I'm like, now Lydia specifically come to you and like, you know, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. This concludes our episode 8.5, Consecrated Ground. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanellies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at